So I've always believed that the only way I can let you down is to give you what you asked for. You know, that's called Amazon. You know, you press a button and you get toilet roll. You know, you I never let any client down because I've never given them what they asked for. I give them what they desired, what they lusted for, but nine times out of 10, what they didn't know was available. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Welcome to episode 30 of the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here, your host. First of all, a shout out to you and thank you very much for listening to the podcast and sharing it and rating and review it. And to those of you also that reached out and shared some really good and positive feedback. So thank you. You know, it's a real honor to get to meet so many cool people, have a fun time interviewing them and of course share it with you on this podcast. So thank you for your continued support. Please do go do go on to iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcasting platform, like the Business Mastermind, leave a review, like the Business Mastermind podcast, no, five stars, of course, and share it with those you think would enjoy it and benefit from the content. The message is spreading now and we're downloaded in 54 countries across the world and our biggest markets uh, are in terms of business listener base are in the UK, US, Brazil, India, Canada and Australia. So thank you very much. Now, this week's guest is none other than the real life Wizard of Oz, Steve Sims. Steve was born in Reading in the UK and brought up in the East End of London. He started his working life as a bricklayer in the East End of London uh, to now running an internationally renowned personal concierge business for the rich and the famous, Bluefish. Website bluefish.com, check it out, it's amazing. Steve has the most amazing contacts and the work of Steve and his team at Bluefish create out-of-the-world experiences for his clients. For example, getting married in the Vatican with a ceremony being blessed by the Pope, um, being James Bond for the weekend, um, appearing as a walk-in on your favourite TV show or train with the US Navy SEALs. You know, just phenomenal. So we talk about how you can meet the people you want in your business and life and build long-standing, value-adding relationship. Steve also shared his experience of work of what he was doing the day before I interviewed him, which was working with inmates of the highest category of prison in the US, a Category 4 prison. He describes how... You know, he's working with these seven foot one lifers who look like they could eat you alive, covered in tats, what to do is one of them has an ear missing or half an ear missing after a knife fight. And they have fears and insecurities that you would not believe that they would. This section of the interview in particular will have you on the edge of your seat in moments you're sort of mouth dropping open. Now, before we jump into the interview, which as you will hear is pure gold, I have to put my hand up. I've got a confession. I was away when I recorded this. I was away working with a client and recorded the interview with Steve on Zoom. Now, irrespective of me, I'm not going to blame it was me and my techie capabilities or incapabilities rather than Zoom. But I did ask Zoom to save the recording to an external hard drive instead of my laptop hard drive. It didn't. And 30 to 13 to 14 minutes into the interview, I get a message flashing on the screen that said it had stopped recording. You know, you can imagine. Ah! 
you know, right in the middle of the interview. So amazingly, as a bloke, I managed to double task and uh, I, man I managed to carry on a conversation and successfully set the recording again, and this time uh, correctly to my external drive. So after the interview, I found out to my absolute horror that the first 13 minutes had not been saved, but I have got nearly 40. 40, four zero minutes of pure gold with the legend that is Steve Sims. So my apologies, Steve, and my apologies, of course, to you. There's also a couple of moments when the audio is a little bit distorted due to the transatlantic internet uh, link, so bear with us. So what I'm going to do is update you on what you missed, <laughs> what I successfully uh, did not record. Um, so Steve shared some of his life story, of, all, of which you can read in his book, Blue Fishing. It's a real page-turner. And I certainly read it in my preparation from my uh, interview with Steve. And, you know, you'll take on board some great advice about building business, building business relationships and about growing your business. Steve shared with me this story about uh, working on the door uh, at a Hong Kong nightclub. He'd gone out, got a job, left London, gone to Hong Kong. He'd got a job with a bank in stockbroking that hadn't lasted too long. And he was looking for work and he got himself uh, some work on the door of the Neptune One nightclub and tell the story about he's putting his first event on and he was trying to secure one of we had three sort of uh, potential venues lined up but did not know which one would be confirmed so he had to, he gave people a password and so then he so he didn't let on that they didn't know which venue it was going to be he said get back in touch with me the, you know the day of the party say the password and he'll be told where the venue is and then of course at the door of the party they would share have to share the password in order to get in well what turned out to be, you know, what started off with being, how do I get around the fact that I can't admit I don't know the venue? It turned out to be a stroke of genius because, of course, the use of a password created exclusivity. Everybody wanted to be a part of Steve's exclusive events. They had a laugh as they said the password, because it's a fun password. They had a laugh as they said that as they, they walked in the door. And what a way to enter a party when everybody enters laughing and joking and smiling. Needless to say, these events took off. And that was the start of Steve's very successful business career um, being a personal concierge service. Uh, one of Steve's clients, another story that he shared, um, one of Steve's clients in his youth had been the lead singer of a cover band singing covers of the Journey song. And he asked Steve if he could meet, uh, eat, meet the Journey. Now Steve's process when he's talking to a client and, and helping them like this is he thinks, I've heard what you've asked for, but let me give you what you really desire, what you really want, what you probably don't even think is possible. And Steve made it possible for this client to not only join his hero, the band or heroes, the band, The Journey, but on stage at a gig, he was the lead singer for four tracks live at this gig. Oh my goodness, amazing. So Steve and his team achieved that by looking for what was the win-win. You know, their research uncovered that his client's son, autism and so did the son of the drummer of, of Journey. So Steve arranged for money to be raised at the gig for the charity Autism Speaks, a charity close to the heart obviously of the drummer and, and uh, uh, Steve's client as well. An amazing, amazing experience for Steve's client then singing as the lead singer of Journey on stage and we joined the conversation with Steve at the point where Steve is describing the call he got the next morning from that client, the morning after He'd been that lead singer of the journey for four song songs on stage and they'd raised thousands of dollars for the charity Autism Speaks. It's like three o'clock in the morning where he literally just texted me saying, I woke up in a hot sweat just remembering that day. <laughs> you know, he, he's, you can't forget when you were the, and 
you know, for any of us out there, you know, Don't Stop Believing and these kind of things are just famous tunes. I couldn't believe, I didn't realize that they were Journey at the time. Um, but uh, he actually performed with one of the largest rock bands of that era in America. So it's, it's quite something. You think about your dream and then you think about, okay, that's my dream. How far can I take that? And that's where we play. Just phenomenal. And you, you, that's the point is you don't stop at the point of their request. You think about how could I take that and almost like dream the art of the, art of the possible. So I've always believed that the only way I can let you down is to give you what you asked for. You know, that's called Amazon. You know, you press a button and you get toilet roll. You know, you, I never let any client down because I've never given them what they asked for. I give them what they desired, what they lusted for, but nine times out of 10, what they didn't know was available. Great. Fantastic. So um, back to the point about your team and resourcefulness. I think what prompted this for me was a, uh, just in the Sunday Times in the UK this last weekend, there was an article about that dreaded Brexit word, but it was saying that majority of businesses in the UK are not prepared uh, and they've got EU exit fatigue. And it just got me to think about resourcefulness around you and your team are super resourceful in what you, what you achieve and uh, fulfill for your clients. But that point of re- what is the process you go through to be able to get the contacts, the people, the resources to make those things happen? So everything's got to be a win. Now, if you remember when we spoke about the journey story, I promoted that they were on concert. They were doing a revival concert. They were doing a revival tour. I also auctioned the guitars that meant that on eBay and on charity sites, Journey was being uh, spoken about again. I also raised awareness for one of the lead singer's major charity. If you walk up to Journey and if you want to turn off a celebrity, let's even get it even blunter than this. You want to get someone hang up on you, throw them up and go, hey, how much will it cost for me to do this with you? Right. They become a transaction. They become a commodity. They become a prostitute. Okay. They will hang up every day. But if you turn around and go, hey, I believe you actually support a local school. I wanted to be able to bring a computer that every child in that school guaranteed to be there for the next three years. Would that be of interest to you? Because if so, I would like you to do this with me. Now what you're doing is you're creating a win-win. Every relationship I've ever gone into, and even now at the ripe old grumpy age of 53, I'm a self-centered son of a bitch. And I look at every friend and relationship I have, and I go, okay, what do you bring to the party? And what do I bring to the party? Now, I've got clients that are, <coughs> excuse me, they own things like countries. And they, they're amazing, and they bring great wealth to me, and they do a lot of business with me. And I help them smile, and I give them great stories, and I give them great access. That's a win-win. I've got other people that don't have a lot of money. But keep me grounded. Challenge me. Are there to support me when I'm having tearful moments of loneliness? And they bring that. And for them, I'm there to look after them whenever it's necessary. So you've got to look at a win-win situation. We've all got people that we grew up with. Let's be serious. They were a bit of a dick when they were in school. But (laughs) we've known them 20 years. Guess what? They haven't got any better. So... The old saying about you are the accumulation of the five people you hang around with, you are the result of your network. Do you really want to be part of your network? Ask yourself that. I do a, I do a little video 
um, on my on my website called the Chug Test, and it talks about how I validate anyone in or out of my circle. Um, and it's very primitive. It's very easy for anyone to get on stevedsims.com. And I just promote how to actually socially audit the people that are around you so you can be more proactive, so you can give more. And the funny thing is, the more you bring to the party, the, the, the better you receive and the, the bigger, grander, whatever words you want to use, people that come in. And what you end up with, and I use this word right at the beginning, is an engaged relationship. You see, if you have to phone up someone and introduce yourself, you don't have a relationship. But if you can phone up someone and go, hey, Tim, it's Stevie. Um, I need this. And they go, all right, when do you need it? That's a relationship. Absolutely. If you have to phone up and go, hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Sims. I did this with the Titanic and this with Elon Musk last week. I was really hoping we could. That's not a relationship. That's a sales pitch. So I focus up on building relationships. Another thing, and you can tell me if I'm going off here, but here's a very important thing about your relationships and marketing. I never make the first call. Never do. Okay? Now, you heard about me from our good friend, Roland Frazier. Shout out to Roland. He's cool as hell. Everyone should be listening to his podcast. He's awesome. The business lunch. <laughs> but that's how you heard about me, isn't it? Absolutely. Sorry, there, was a, there was a glitch. That's how you heard about me. So in fairness, I came to you through a credible resource, yes. Roland. And so here's the scoop. I'm going to give you a little picture here. I walk into the pub and you're stood at the bar with your mate. I walk up to you and I go, Gavin, how you doing? My name's Steve Sims. I know Elon Musk, Richard Branson and the Pope. I've sent people down to the Titanic. I've worked with Ferrari and the biggest companies in the world. I'm a big deal. Now I'm looking at your face. You're grimacing. And, and, I, and I'm thinking, wow, this guy's up himself. Perfect response. Thank you very much. Very, yeah. uh, very unscripted. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> but just the response I wanted. Yeah. Now let's play a different scenario. I walk into the bar and I ignore you. Why? You are. To the end of the bar, I all my old fashioned. You, 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 uh, the, your, be, your best mate turns around to you, nudges you in the ribs, and says, Hey, Gavin, that guy over there knows Richard Branson, Elon Musk, the Pope. He sent people down to the Titanic, worked with the biggest companies in the world. He's a big deal. Now, what's your response? I'm interested to talk to that guy. I'm intrigued. I always get to another person by asking someone else that they respect, someone in their sandpit, to make an introduction. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been the first person to call. So you said before about relationships. If I, let's say, for sake, I want to get a hold of a podcaster in England. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the podcasters that I know in England. And I may find out through LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, that you're a friend of theirs. Yep. Now, I can call them and send them a bit of literature, a couple of links and go, hey, I'm a big deal. But again, think about the pub scenario. Yes, of course. Well, yep. I can contact Gavin and say, Gavin, I need you to do me a favor. Can you actually introduce me to this guy here? Oh, by the way, I've got a few other guests for you for your podcast. Would that be of interest? Brilliant. Now, how do you think that relationship is going to go from there? It's going to develop. And, and it's, it's, it's frictionless, isn't it? It just works. <laughs> and that's the key word. Friction, friction stops. Yeah. That's the only job of friction is to stop, okay? And you don't want friction in your life. The downside is 
we incorporate friction into our life every single day. We self-impose it. You've got the people looking at Brexit at the moment and they're going, oh my God, I'm not going to get it. You don't know. You've survived wars, famines, exactly. earthquakes. You've survived all this shit, but you've survived the fax machine. You know? <laughs> no, Brexit's not going to be, it's going to be a hump that you're going to look back on and go, really? I held my breath for that. Yes, it's going to bring in things that you're going to have to adapt and change on. Yes, it's going to bring in some, some uh, differences and some quirks that you're going to have to get over, maybe on import, export, you know, tariffs. Yeah. It's going to happen. But you get those people that look at this situation and go, okay, um, something's going to come across and I'll handle it then. And then you get the other little bunny rabbits and deers, and those are the ones that are leaning back, deer in headlights going, shit, what's going to happen? And meanwhile, that business is going down because they're doing nothing. We spoke briefly about my prison trips. That's oh, the yes. exact yeah. reason I do this. Right. Let's just dive into that. So yesterday, and the day before we recorded this, you spent a day in a Category 3 prison. Four. Uh, sorry, Category 4. level. Yeah, highest level below. So the, the only one above being Guantanamo Bay. So explain. Yep. So the kind of inmate that would be in a Category 4 prison? Uh, most of the people I was training last night had between 60 to 120 years left on their sentence. And they were in their 40s. So most of those people that we were with last night are never going to see the light of day. Right, right. And what's the, what's the background to you? Because you take a group of people with you to go and spend mm. some time with them. So what, what's the background on this? So I had a friend of mine, Jason Gaynard, and he was taking you know, Cameron Howell, Tucker Max, Tim Ferriss, and a whole, a whole bunch of other misfits, reprobates. Um, and he contacted me and he said, we're going to go into a level four jail and we're going to be part of an entrepreneurial program where we talk about business ethics and business practices to business owners. Now, bearing in mind, if you're the head of the mafia, you know, yes, that's illegal, but don't tell me that's not a business. You know about payroll, you know about loyalty, you know about recruiting, you know, you know those things. It may be a different angle, but you've already got that. So I went along and I went along quite openly because I thought it'd be funny, cool, and it'd be a cool little story that I could tell people that I was in one of the most serious prisons in America. What it taught me was that things are always not done bad. It could be bad situations. It could be bad friends. Um, it could be bad circles. It could be bad environments. It could be bad families, all yeah. these other things. So I went along and I did it and it changed my perspective. Now let's be blunt. No jail. So no prison TV show can prepare you for what you go in. You know, the amount of gun, um, the metal detectors you go through, the amount of doors you go through, walking down the, uh, the uh, corridor and you've got armed guards going down you and a lot of people yelling at you because what's they don't... What's going through your mind the first time you went? <laughs> first time I was shit scared. I was going to say... First time I was terrified. First time... When I thought it was a cool story, that went out of my head three seconds of walking through the first gate. I bet. When there are turrets with people. There's a sign on the corridor and in the yard saying no warning shots fired. Now, yesterday I took, and I'm jumping a bit. I will go back yesterday. As I was walking through the, uh, the yard, a separate yard had an incident kickoff and they had to drop a pepper bomb in there 
which pepper sprayed the entire yard. And some of the pepper spray came over into our yard. I'm with 40 top level entrepreneurs and we're now starting to get the remnants of this pepper spray. Oh my goodness. So, Talk about real. You can't get more real than this. And you end up walking into a room and this is where things started to get a little bit funky and strange. You've gone through the yard. You've gone through the corridors. You've gone through the checkout points. You're scared, 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 scared. You walk into a room of 60 lifers, okay? These people can represent and call off some of the biggest gangs in the planet as ones that they were part of, okay? And they're scared. It was weird as hell. They were, they were coming up to you going, it's, it's a pleasure. They were intimidated because for them – you represented everything that they weren't, oh you know? Goodness. And wow. I was stunned when I met this guy, uh, seven foot one, you know, and I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating, tattoos up the face. He only had one ear because the other one had been removed on a knife fight. He thanked me for taking the time out of my life to come up to talk with them and then shook himself. He said, I'm sorry, I'm just so intimidated at the moment. He what? actually used those words and I'm like, are you kidding? You know, I was concerned he was going to eat me. And I'm, not, <laughs> I'm 230 pound of ugly. I can look after myself. But in that environment, I went from shit scared to what is going on here. And I suddenly realized that I was in the belly of communication. You couldn't get more real and ground level than where I was. And when I left, I actually left friends inside. I had met people that I understood, I could relate to, I could communicate with. And it was only supposed to be a one hit. Now, Defy Ventures is a big um, foundation here in uh, America that goes into these, uh, these locations. They go into smaller security ones, but I only ever do the four. And what I've done is I was only ever supposed to go once. I've been going for two years now. And so yesterday, I think it was my eighth or ninth trip, I take in up to 40 entrepreneurs, and I promised them, you, you said to me before, what do they get? And I tell them, you're going to meet you. you wow. You're going to meet the real you, okay? And I tell them, I'm going to put you into an uncomfortable situation, which afterwards you're going to thank me, take a chance. Now, people know I do things my way. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know me, is not going to be doing this. Um, but everyone that does know me is like, I want to go again. So the night before, we have drinks. You know, so you have a networking opportunity with 40 other entrepreneurs going, well, what's going to go on tomorrow? What do you think is going to go on? Oh, I don't know what's going on. And there's all that kind of banter, and I tell them nothing. Then we get them on the bus, and we take them into the prison, and they walk in, and they meet all of the people. And, of course, I've been there enough now. I watch them now. I bet. And you see them walk the corner and they have to do a tunnel of love. So all the inmates have got their hands above their head and kind of like clapping and jeering, and all of the, uh, all of the entrepreneurs walk through this tunnel of love. That's scary as hell. Talk about way beyond the edge of anybody's comfort zone. Well, here's the thing. We as entrepreneurs need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're For worried sure. about Brexit? You yeah, shouldn't yeah. be. If you can get into a position... You think about it. I said to these people afterwards, I said, there will never be an interview, a sales pitch, a, 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 a promotional uh, a talk that you're doing, a stage that you're talking, that will ever be more intimidated than the room you've ever come out of, that you've just come out of. 
No. You will be able to walk on at any stage. I, I give a keen – yesterday was the graduation at the end of them doing this two-year program. They asked me to give the keynote speech. Brilliant. Now, I've keynoted at Harvard, the Pentagon, some of the biggest stages in the world with some of the biggest people in the world. I gave a keynote to 60 inmates yesterday that had graduated this program, and I've never been more honored of that stage that I actually spoke at. Wow. It actually wasn't the stage. It was on the fourth floor at the front of this room, and I gave a keynote. So overwhelmed by doing it. There'll never be a stage I walk onto that I'm going to be intimidated <clears throat> than when I'm actually given a keynote at uh, current level four jail. Prison, sorry, I was told that jail is a temporary place. Prison is where, where you go after jail. So I've got to, got to get my words right. But I urge anyone that's listening, you, you can come to prison with me very easily. You know, just reach out to me and I'll add you to the list and you'll come along, be shaken up, spat out, you'll cry, you'll hug, you'll be messed up, twisted, rolled inside out, and put back in a civilization as a, as a better version of you. And jumping onto both sides of, the, of, of that interaction then, so what do the entrepreneurs, you think, when they come out at the end of the day and they jump on the coach or <laughs> grab a beer and, and down at one at the end <laughs> to get back to the hotel, what, what are their lessons uh, and insights from that experience? Perspective. Yeah. It's really down to the ability to communicate. You're in a room that you shouldn't be in talking to a person you never thought you'd be face-to-face with, you've got to learn how to communicate. You've got to be able to find out what is your common thread that you can relate on. You know, it's really weird because you can't go in there. And I've been in there enough times that I have a bit of a banter, you know, with some of the people in there. And I walk in there and I go, oh, what have you been up to? You've been traveling much? You know, and it's just, (laughs) you could just say something stupid like that. Um, But these people have to communicate. Now, in a world where communication is actually becoming scarce, it's becoming rarer, and the ability for us to actually look in another person's eye and have a conversation, you want to look like a freak, order your coffee in Starbucks next week, and then turn around to the person next to you and strike up a conversation. That person will look at you like you're a moron and you need to be arrested. And that's bad. I put you in a room where you've now got someone in front of you with gang signs tattooed on their forehead signs that you don't agree with that they don't agree with and you've got to get into that core pretty damn fast you've got to be like Uh hey how you doing what are you expecting out of here hey how are you feeling at this moment in time are you as nervous as i am you know you've got to be able to strike up a conversation really fast and you've got to do this thing called connect really (laughs) quick And, and that's the skill that um psychologists and behavioral experts talk about being present in the moment and calling the dynamic that's going on in the moment. Yeah. You're having to do that live there and then in, Absolutely. In, in a circumstance that what it turns out is both sides intimidated by the other. Well, yeah, because I, you know, I told you I worked with Elton John. You know, I'll go to Elton John's party. Some of the richest people in the planet are there. They've got like, you know, watches on that are the price of my house. You know, yeah. when you're talking to them, you can go, oh, that's a nice watch. You know, there's loads of things that you can pick on and have a conversation. When you're in front of a guy that's just in his blues, yeah, there's yeah. nothing. You can't go, oh, you know, where's your favorite restaurant? You know, what, what's your favorite car? Where do you like to travel to? What do you like to do in your spare time? There's none of that. You've got to say to them, what's important to you? What scares you? What do you dream about? You've got to get down into the core quick. And everyone that's come out, I woke up this morning and I'm telling you, Gavin, I'm done. I'm wiped. I bet. Um, and it, it, just, it just 
kills me. I actually take my son there as well when he thinks it's the greatest thing he does. He quit college because of the first one he went to because it was a waste of time. And now he's started his own business. He's no longer in college debt. He's now making money. And I woke up this morning and I've just got texts and I got emails and I got video emails just where people have gone. Thank you so much. I had one girl, poor girl. She got cut off this bloody video text. She sent me, I think four times and she was crying on every single piece of it saying, you know, you you just changed me. I was confronted with my worst fears. Um, and she said, you know, I never want to leave your membership. You know, I have a membership program and these people come on this stuff and I take people in a different environment. And, um, I, I woke up this morning, poured me a cup of coffee, and had a little cry seeing this poor cry five times. <laughs> uh, amazing. And what's the feedback you've got from the guys inside, Dan, in terms of what they get from hanging out with you? Well, they get talked to like human beings. And I'm going to tell you straight off the bat that we get more out of that interaction than they do. They get, they get like about five or six times a year, and then three or four times when we bring the big entrepreneurs in, they get interaction where they're spoken to as human beings and they're explained about asset curves, yields, limited liabilities, incorporated companies. Um, they're taught about business practices so that when they do get out, some of them were lifers and then there's been a change in the law and they've ended up being able to get parole or they've been able to commute their sentence. So it does happen. These people live here with hope. You know, I spoke to a guy yesterday and he was talking about a business that he wanted to establish. And I said to him, when's your next knock up? When's your next chance to get out? And he said, oh, I'm really excited. He said, because I've got my parole date. Uh, not my parole date, a board hearing. Okay. He said, then if that goes well, then I can apply for parole. And I said, oh, great. When, when's the board date? He said, three years. Wow. He's excited because he's got yeah. an opportunity. In three years, something can change. But the conversations so, with you... Uh, the conversations with you and the other guys that are, are fueling that burning desire, that fire and giving him things to think about and plan for, but it gets him through the next three years. So there's these two guys that couldn't be, couldn't be more perfect in some gang movie. And I'll, I'll call their names because I'll never forget the guys. Har- <coughs> Excuse me, Haroon and Tyrone. Okay. I'm six foot, 230 pound of bald ugly. These guys were both two foot taller and two foot wider than me. One of the guys I mentioned was the guy that had the ear missing. Yes. Right? Wow. He said to me, he said, we both uh, ran streets. We both was the head of our gangs. Okay. We both got incarcerated. Both of them were rival. It was one of the other guy's gangs that cut the guy's ear off. Goodness. Okay. Wow. And that stood next to each other's. Okay. Nice. And he said, yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Because we found each other rather than what tag we were with, okay? Uh-huh. And he said to me, he said, um, you don't realize, he said, for the next few months, we're going to be talking about yield curd, a- asset depreciation. We're going to talk about resumes. They literally yesterday were, were going through their, their resume and business plan, yeah. and they do like a Shark Tank pitch fest in there. Of course, great. And they have to pitch their business. Love and that. then we have to give it positive and then give it negative. Yeah. And so you go, what was the good things about the presentation? Where did it go wrong? Would I invest in it? Okay. Now you're not held to invest in it, but you know, was it such a good idea that yes, you'll get an investor on this. And I'm sat there at a guy that could eat me telling him why this was a, not a bad, but not a good presentation. And you're, you're telling him, look, you know, like, 
you know, you're not making eye contact on here and you're not doing it. A seven foot dude's not making eye contact with you, you know, and you're not making eye contact. You whispered on here, but you were good here. You didn't have the figures. Your figures didn't add up. And as you're telling him all this, he's like, thanks, Steve. And he's like, so what should I have done there? And I said to him, I said, look at the enthusiasm you're talking to me now with. I said, you're hunched over, you're leant forward, you're engaged in this moment. I said, but when you got up there, he said, yeah, but I was scared. I said, Tyrone, fucking look at, your, <laughs> look at yourself, all right? Stop it. And he was like, all right. And we said, um, all right, do it again. He said, what? I said, do it again now. I said, stand up and do it again. And he walked up and he, st- and he stood like that. And I said, oh, but hang on, before you talk, he said, your mum's here. I said, your mum's in front of you. You're talking to you. And he put this big smile on. I said, now, Brilliant. sell it. And he went, and he literally did this. He went, mum, I want to tell you about my idea. And oh, he was I all smiling. Again, and I'm, I'm not, I'm he glad is. this is audio on it. Start to oh. cry, you know? And you, you're giving these guys a chance. And I urge okay. everyone out there, Christ's sake, do something that makes you uncomfortable because that's where your greatest growth's going to come from. Hey, Gavin here. Would you like to achieve your three-year goals in 12 months or learn a systematic process to create innovation and disrupt your market like Uber and Airbnb? How about eight ways to acquire other businesses for little to no money down? The best tool that you can start using today to avoid overwhelm and laser focus your growth team on moving the correct five levers of business growth. The complete exit process and negotiating tactics learned from the trenches in thousands of public and private company deals. I'm delighted to be partnering with the smartest guy I know in growing, scaling and exiting businesses, Roland Frazier. Roland has personally grown, scaled and exited over 24 businesses between 1 million and 2 billion in revenue. The combination of Roland's insights and strategies and my own experience in growing and scaling businesses will deliver you a game-changing two-day intensive that will give you the inside track on growing, scaling and exiting your business. I don't know of anywhere else where this stuff is taught. So join us in London on the 24th and 25th of September on the Legs Intensive, Legs being Leverage, Exit, Grow and Scale. Check us out. Go to bit.ly forward slash legs hyphen Gavin. That's bit.ly forward slash legs, L-E-G-S hyphen Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, all in capitals, and give your business growth and exit legs it requires. See you there. So powerful. So Sorry, powerful we digressed. Stuff. I apologize. I know, I'm so glad we did. Um, I think one area you, one thing you mentioned in your book, you, you said it's not about your IQ, it's about your ICAM. Yep. 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 I class myself, you know, I came from, I told you about the, uh, the, the lovely posh environments that I came from as a kid. And I left school at uh, 15 years old. Um, I went to college once. There was a girl, um, you know, didn't actually study at college. Uh, I classed myself as an uneducated individual. Okay. And then I realized that all of my failings and mistakes and what I was learning was actually my education. I now class myself as incredibly educated, but school had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I believe it was because I had a greater I can than an IQ. I don't know what my IQ level is, but while you're thinking about it, I'm going to go and try it. Good. And guess what? If it works, I'm going to make it better. I did a, yeah. I did a podcast because I, I literally went on, I went on my Facebook page and I went, should I do a fo- podcast and interview the people I know? A bunch of people said yes. So I went and interviewed someone. 
the sound quality was crap, you know? Okay, just discovered that the sound quality is crap. I've got to get a better mic. And each time I learned how to do the difference between local uh, streaming. Yeah, exactly. You can only get good if you get going. And that was the focus. Can you tell me quickly about a social audit. So the social audit was, um, I realized, and, as I said, and I want this to benefit your people. So if you go to stevedsims.com, subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get a video, then you can unsubscribe. You, know, you never talk to me again, I don't care. But this chug test video should be the pinnacle and the foundation of your life. As I was getting more successful, I realized, and I was making more money, I realized the people I was making money from I didn't like. And I realized that it was actually hurting me. And I was actually using an effort to help that effort. I actually started changing the person I was. My, my accent became a little bit more pronounced, you know, just ridiculous. I sold myself out. I started wearing suits. I got rid of all my earrings. I stopped riding motorcycles. And I was making more money. So then I finally realized, is this rewarding? Is this helping me? Yeah, if you've got a million bucks in your bank account and you get another hundred grand, that's not made any difference to your bank account okay. or to your life. Yeah. So I realized that all of the people that I had connections with, those people that I could phone up and go, Gavin, how you doing? I'd lost them. I was now phoning yeah, up going, yeah. oh, good afternoon, Gavin. How are you? Uh, yeah, this is Steve. And I wanted to talk to you about the conversation changed. And now I was having to make an effort. I actually, um, I, I went into a blinding binge. I went into a massive great drinking. Uh, binge and uh, you know, thankfully, thankfully it didn't get too bad. But when I came out of it, I thought to myself, I'm never going to talk to anyone I don't like. And so I came up with this concept of a chug test, <clears throat> and we use it in my company, both in my consulting and in my concierge. Here it is: you're walking up the street on the opposite side of the street, someone in your life, friend, wife, girlfriend, family member, accountant, printer, uh, clients. Anyone in your life, do you, A, quickly turn to the left, look in the window, and pretend you're looking at buying a new mattress? <laughs> Wait to see the reflection for them to walk past, yeah. turn back around and carry on your way? Yeah. Or do you, B, run across the road, jump in front of them and go, get me there, are you, man? Let's go chug a beer. <laughs> yeah. I love the chug test, great. Yeah. So it's very, very primitive, but it's based on your core reaction. It's like those people when you phone someone, they go, oh, I'm not going to get that. They shouldn't even be in your phone. Delete them. Yeah. Get them out of that phone. Open up your contacts, delete them. So it just becomes a number. And if it's that bad, block them. You know, the bottom line of it is get rid of those people in your life that you wouldn't work with on scenario B, that you don't want to have a chug test with. I came back and I said to my wife, yeah, I've got to get rid of the accountant. She's like, why? He's an accountant. I don't like him. He just annoys me. He just rattles on for freaking hours <laughs> i don't like but he writes your tax i don't care you know and we had a gardener as well got rid of the gardener i said look anyone in my life needs to be there because i like them being there we went out we found an accountant i love now the accountant is still very mundane but here's what he does and he does it really bad and i will quote this he phones me up the other day to talk about my taxes yep. okay and he phones me up and he went two fish are swimming down the wall and they run into a brick wall damn Brilliant from an accountant. I love that. It's trying so hard. And he, yeah, and then he goes, Right. Now we needed to book a time for you to come in and talk to us about <laughs> but 
he tries this corny little joke and I just thought that now he hasn't done that very often, but it's just, it's just a way of him trying to connect, trying to diffuse. And I love his effort. And oh, so I have an account. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm a great believer that there is no one in my life. I had a, wanted to do a free interview with me on a podcast. And I said, well, if you're doing a pre-interview, you know I'm going to be interviewing you as well. And if it's dull, I'm not going to do your podcast. The guy was dull. And I said to him, I said, I'm not coming on your podcast. And he's like, well, I can get this reach and get this. I said, look, I don't want to use you to get to more people like you because we're not connecting. Therefore, what's the chance of me connecting with them? Yeah, yeah. I said, me leaving now is respect for my time and yours. And he was like, totally transparent. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I have a great, um, there's a, a guy called Brian Kurtz and Joe, Pol uh, Joe Polish. <clears throat> they gave me these, uh, this, this line that I absolutely fell in love with. Can't remember which one of them actually said it at the party. But um, he said, there's a difference between being impossible to misunderstand. Sorry, there's a difference between being easy to understand and impossible to misunderstand. Now, we mentioned earlier about authenticity and being authentic. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you very much. If you're calling me that, you know, lovely but I want to be transparent. I want to be the guy that you go, Steve, he's impossible to misunderstand what he wants. He's impossible to misunderstand what he provides. He's impossible to misunderstand what he's going to give. If I tell you it's going to be Tuesday at three o'clock, you ain't going to get it Monday at five and you ain't going to get it Wednesday at 10. You know, I want to be crystal clear. That clarity, that transparency is what I strive for. Love that. Um, I mentioned just before we started to record that, uh, my six-year-old son has uh, started to take <laughs> an interest in the world of uh, his dad doing some podcasting. And um, so he's fascinated with the whole kit that goes along with it, but he's also, I think, even more fascinated with the people. And uh, one of the things he's probably got from his old man is the interest in people and collect people watching. So yep. I've, got, I've got some questions. Um, let's hope that when, as, I, as I play them back, you'll be able to, to hear them. Um, so I think the first one, if my memory serves me correctly, is a two-parter of the question. So okay. he's, he's six. Um, we're kind of calling him... So, so is that my mental age? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's uh, kind of called him little Gavilar, because my friends call me Gavilar, the whole Gavin and Stacey, James Corden thing. Um, but actually, his real name is Hugh. So this is Hugh, my uh, eldest, my six-year-old. Okay. I'm going to get a Land Rover Discovery with I'm older with a winch and, and a big sea legs rib with a roof where the steering wheel is on the controls. My, my mummy says I have to work hard to get there. What should I do if my mummy gets all boring like that? <laughs> what was that last bit? What should he do when his mummy what? He thinks she rolls his eyes when he said that. If he wants to get his Land Rover Discovery with a winch and... Uh... Really cool rib, you know, um, rich inflatable boat with yeah. with the hydraulic legs that come down, sea legs, so you can literally drive up out of the water. And um, he's, and then his mum goes, "Well, you're gonna have to work really hard for that." And he rolls his eyes because she thinks he thinks she's been all boring. So he's saying, "Well, what what should I say to her about that?" All right. So, um, well, this is a tough one because this is inter family now. But I would tell you, and what's your six year old called? Hugh. Hugh. I would let Hugh know that mummy's actually challenging him and she wants him to get that, but she's challenging him. So don't let go. Don't give up, but just understand that when people roll their eyes, sometimes it's just a challenge 
and that he should accept the challenge. Yeah, great. All right, one more question then. All right. Daddy says you make wishes come true. How did you get those special powers? Um, I didn't have special powers, and I don't have special powers. I have the – luckily, I was um, ignorant to failure. Uh, I think part of my secret source was as I was a young lad, because I'd never been brought up focusing my life on insta-perfect worlds and you know social and the intimidation that goes along with it when you're younger, um, I never knew. So someone said, oh, there's a club there, and I would walk through the front door. Or someone would say, oh, you know, there's so-and-so, and I'd walk up and I'd go, hey, I love you in the movies. And I would just talk, and people would be like, you can't do that. And I'd be like, why? So ignorance actually became my superpower great uh, um because i'm not and what would ever scare me or what damage could ever be done to me by someone saying no so i i think that's what did it for me steve i've loved every moment of this conversation thank you for taking time out to share with uh, your time your experience your presence with myself but more important than our listeners for people to find out more about you your book your podcasts your businesses how do they find out? So you can head over to stevedsims.com. There's one M in Sims, stevedsims.com. You can find me easy enough on uh, Facebook under Steve D. Sims and Steve Sims. But also I run a private Facebook community called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve. There's many, many ways for you to track me down. So it's Entrepreneur Advantage with Steve Sims. Yeah, and entrepreneurs advantage ah, with steve sims brilliant. yeah and it's, it's a free facebook group you'll have to put your email and answer a couple of questions but that's an easy one and of course stevedsims.com and you're represented from a speaking point of view in the uk by stellar speakers i am i'm doing some nice gigs around now i do a lot in europe uh do sorry do a lot in america do a lot in asia and um started to do them now in europe so uh neil fellows and the people over at stellar speakers are sorting me out for some more European and British gigs. I'm looking forward to being there. Fantastic. Steve, thank you so much once again. Cheers. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.